Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. My name is Pastor Ken Henderson, and today I am here with a good friend of mine, Kenny Carter, and he resides in Texas and and also Mexico, and he's a missionary to Mexico and where he oversees a work down there, and we're going to get into talking about that today, and just glad to have you on our our, our show today, and, and, and we hope that this will minister to you. We didn't come here to put on a show. But we did come to here to talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ and what God is doing all over the world, not just here. But specifically today, we're going to cover what you and Christina are doing. His wife is Christina, are doing down in Mexico. And you work with a good friend of mine, Brother David Hogan. Yes, and so you've been working with him, I think you said 19, 19 years. years. And, yes, and so today we want to talk about some of the things that are going on in the world in Mexico and how God is using you and God is expanding that work down there. So um, why don't you tell us why you went to Mexico, how you got started, and and just tell us a little bit about yourself this, this afternoon. Yes, sir. Well, we the it's kind of a long story, the whole process of going down to Mexico. I can give you the really short version. Uh, we always knew. Well, we have 30 minutes, okay. so whichever one you want to do. <laughs> okay, <yeah. So. laughs> we like... Uh, we always knew, Christina and I, we always knew that uh, God has something more than just church as we knew it uh, in, in what we call the United States. You know, uh, we just, as I was reading the scriptures and I felt God was just revealing things, I, I just knew there was something more. Um, and so my church offered a, a, a missions trip to go to Monterey, Mexico. So, you know, we went and... Um, well, I went by myself to kind of see uh, what God would do because I really didn't know if it was mission work. Uh, I didn't know if it was pastoring. I didn't know if it was evangelism. I didn't know none of that stuff. So uh, we went down. I went down there, and, and God just uh, I went up there. Uh, we had like three chaperones with us, and um, I started sharing. And, you know, I shared for about five minutes. Then I didn't know what English, I mean, didn't know Spanish. Uh, so we had an interpreter. Uh, and so I sat down and uh, like three minutes later, one of the head chaperones came, uh, got me up out of the seat and he said, you need to come with me. And I just thought I offended somebody. Uh, so we went out there and the pastor of the church was there and the three chaperones were there. And they just all started talking to me at once, and I, I couldn't understand. I couldn't get it, and I just like y- y'all need to be quiet. I don't know. I can't understand. I don't one at a time. And so the head chaperone was just like the pastor came to. Oh, us. when they were talking to you, they were in Spanish or no? English? They were in English, and you still didn't understand. Yeah, because they were just all just <laughs> talking at once. And right. so the head chaperone or hey leader of the group just said the the pastor, the Mexican pastor, through an interpreter came and said, "There's someone in your group." that he's running from the calling of call of God on his life. Wow. He don't want to operate in that. And uh, 
And so, and they just said, well, who is it? We don't know who it is. So, you know, they said, well, let's pray. The only way we're going to find out if we, we just pray and ask God. So one chap, one leader was like, he's praying. He goes, he didn't hear nothing, but he saw my face. Wow. Then the other leader was praying and he heard my name. Wow. And then the other guy that was just over here seeking God, he just said, all right, I know who it is. Wow. And they, that's when they came and got me. And so I was like, all right, that's, all right, that's cool. <laughs> you know, know? Uh, we were talking this morning in, in our church service this morning about being chosen by God. Yeah. And so he, he kind of put his finger on you pretty hard right now. He, he did. And it, it kind of it's, it did scare me. I mean, I, you know, we, we hadn't been married long, maybe 10 years or something. Um, and so they, I said, all right, great. But they said, there's a woman that's almost dead in that room, and you're going to go in there and lay hands on her. And I'm like, no, I ain't going to do that. And so, but, they, you know, they talked me into it. You know, it's just, it's everything with the gospel, it's, it's always, it always takes a step of faith. You've you got to learn to confront fear, uh, you know, things that you're not used to doing your comfort zone and you just got to get out of that because I find that when you get out of the comfort zone that's where Jesus starts to move and so I just did it I walked in there she see this lady half dead on a on the concrete floor I just walked over to her knelt down and just said Jesus name got up and left I didn't want to see what happened I didn't know I didn't want to know what was going on I just got up and I left went back in the church service and I mean, the Holy Ghost was just moving, and 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 then the pastor came through an interpreter, and he was just like, "All right, this person got diabetes, pray for them, God healed them. Uh, this woman is blind, pray for her, God healed her." I mean, it was just like four or five different miracles just happened like right off the bat. And then I look, I turn around. I mean, church is going wild and everything. I look over there, and the woman I prayed for, she's over there just jumping up and down, praising God and everything. And that was kind of the beginning of it. So, 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 so my daughter calls uh, God sometimes Jehovah Sneaky. And he snuck up on you and said, you're going to do this. We uh, we kind of use similar tactics, uh, you know. Last weekend, and I told you about this last weekend. We baptized twenty nine people, yes. and so we had fathers and mothers baptizing their own babies and stuff. And they really didn't know that it was coming because they didn't plan on. I didn't call them out and say, "Hey, you're going to do this." But when it came time, all of a sudden they were doing the work of the ministry. And we had people get healed last. We had two different people get healed last weekend. So I, I, I'm stoked about that. So I, I find it interesting that God kind of does that for us because it, it's not, you know, one of the things that a lot of people, you know, there's, there's a lot of teaching that, you know, if there's fear, there's no faith. That's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the absence of fear. It's the progressing in the movement towards what God has called you to in spite of the fear. Right in spite of the intimidation or anything mm-hmm. else. And not knowing what you're doing, <laughs> God really helped you out. He so did. that's pretty cool. And, and that so 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 later on, uh, you and Christine are, are starting to watch Brother David Hogan on it's a series that's actually on our network called Faith to Raise the Dead. And you said when you first saw him come on, God spoke to you. What did he say? It was uh I was already in a, my first year of Bible college, uh and the uh guy that I was going, you know, me and him were going to Bible college together, riding the same vehicle. 
And he goes, look, I got some videos I want you to watch. You know, it's Brother David Hogan. It's called Faith to Raise the Dead. I said, I've heard of him. I just, you know, I just don't really know who he is. I said, but yeah, great. And, you know, I'm always, you know, open to that. So he gave me the he gave me the tapes. I brought it home, and I was telling Christine about it, and she was just like, "Yeah, he comes, he comes on our, he comes to the church, you know, all the time." And it was just, uh, yeah. But every time he would come to church, I had to work, so I never really got to uh, meet him. And you know, she goes, "Well, he's just man, this crazy guy with a bandana, man, and just Holy Ghost comes and stuff like that." I'm like, "All right." So we put in the first tape, and Dr. Michael Brown was just you know introducing Brother David and. And he introduced him, and, and, and Brother David was walking up on the stage. And, and at that moment, I mean, we didn't hear him speak or nothing, but at that moment, he's walking up the stage. God spoke to me and her at the same time to go and work with him. Because I was watching, he was walking up the stage, and I looked at Christina, and she looked at me, and I'm like, what did God just tell you? She goes, you first. And I said, he, he told me to go work with him. He told me to work the same thing, and so that started the, the process. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I love it when God, you know, the Bible says, let everything be, be confirmed by the mouth of two or, four, or three. Um, but God speaks to my wife before he speaks to me oftentimes. And then it's kind of, you know, you're in that moment. No, you first. No, you first. No. <laughs> and so it, God's confirming the word mm-hmm. to you. And so then this is this is a minute or two ago. So so God, you you started actually trying to contact Brother David at that point. Yes, sir. And uh, tell me how that went. Well, I mean, I, you know, when you hear from God, you just it, it pumps you up so much, and you, you're just you're 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 well. For me, I was excited. Man, God spoke. You know, we got finally got some direction. You know, it, it's it's coming down to where God wants you to be. And so I, st- I started faxing, and I was faxing like two or three times a week. Fax, 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 fax. Cause, you know, because then they didn't have, you know, the, uh, none of that kind of We didn't text and all that stuff. Technology, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, I was just, and I, was, I wasn't hearing a response. And finally, you know, he sent me a newsletter, uh, you know, a few months later, and just, look, I'll be at your church in March, you know, and, and we can talk. And so, yeah, he came, and uh, we, we talked. Uh, you know, and it was just like, yeah. He goes, man, you 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 were really pushing it. All the factors you said, I just I didn't know you were getting them, and I wanted to make sure you were getting them. You know, he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, but yeah, come on down. I'd like for you to come down for at least six weeks, test it out, and and see if it was God or not. So we we made it all planned, and and uh, and and then he goes, look, I don't really have any requirements. You know, come down. You know, you go to language school. That's about all I require. He goes, but whatever your pastor wants you to do, you need to do that. You know, and my pastor, he, I looked at him at that very time. You know, he goes, you're going to go two years of Bible school. And I was just like, oh, man. You know, <laughs> I just, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> but, I mean, we have to do that. I mean, just, you know, I wanted, you know, I wanted to support my pastor. I want to be, I, we want to be under authority. And I understand authority. And so I did, I did it. Uh and it, it, it did. It worked out and, every, and, and all that. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that people misunderstand is the importance of being subject to those who are over us in the Lord mm-hmm. and understanding that, 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 that we all answer to somebody and ultimately to God. But God puts men in our life or women, for that matter, mm-hmm. authorities in our life. And he expects us to answer it uh, to them. And I think it was good advice uh, 
to send you to Bible school, mm-hmm. um, you probably see the benefit of it now. Whereas then you were probably just like, let's get going. Yeah. Let's, let's just get started. I mean, you know, I, I got this call. I know right. God's already spoke to me, spoke to my wife. Mm-hmm. She spoke to me and we're ready to run. And, and I think some of the hardest things that, that we have, when, when I first felt called to ministry, it was kind of similar because I wanted to run from that. And it was it was just a strange thing because I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. Finally, I got to a stage where I said, okay, God, I'm going to preach the gospel. And when I did, the Lord said, okay, wait. <laughs> And it was the, the strangest feeling because here I was, I finally gave in. And he said, hold up, you're not ready. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Now, you've called me. You've been bugging me. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, now you have to understand, for me, this had gone, this wrestling match had gone on for several years. And I was trying to bargain with God. I said, God, I'll do this. I'll do that. But I don't want to preach. And, mm-hmm. and so I did all those other things in that. And so, so it's kind of interesting that you say that now I see the benefit of mm-hmm. waiting. And, and, and so God, God really does things. Mm-hmm. So, so now you, you go down. You're there for six weeks. And tell us what happens next. Yeah, it was uh, probably the worst experience of my life. <laughs> Uh, you know, you get out of you get out of your culture. You get out of your comfort zone. You, it, it's different foods. Uh, you don't you don't know how to communicate. Uh, you're, you you know everybody's speaking Spanish or uh, Indian dialect, um, and you you don't understand of it. You feel out of place. You feel just nothing is comfortable. Nothing, and you're eating food that is so foreign to you. You know, a tamale here in the States is is 100% like night and day to a tamale that would be in an Indian village. Uh, and so just getting all that used. And then we had our four young, well, our visit, we had three young, we had three babies uh, with us, you know, and just trying to deal with all that. And there was a lot of just like miscommunications. I, I had shared uh, an example uh, with him, with you, uh, that... Um, you know, just I was asking a, a. I heard two people talking, and they used the word no say, and I just asked a simple question: What does no say mean? And he was just like, I don't know. And so I was really just, man, God, it's just a really, it's just a question. But when I learned Spanish, I meant, you know, no say means I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and so it, it, it was just, just. So he was answering yeah, you. For, he was answering me, but my mind. Just because of the hardships and and just out of my comfort zone, everything was just I was just twisting all the thoughts and and everything was and it was just hard because of the danger there because of the every time we had to put our shoes on, check for scorpions, check for tarantulas. Every time we put our pants on, everything. I mean, you're constantly looking for scorpions and tarantulas and snakes and and this. I mean, and we was not used to that, and it was just. Uh, you know, and so when after with all that, and then getting back, you know, I get back to my church, and my pastor sees me. He goes, "Hey, Kenny's back. How was it?" And I'm just like, "I'll never go back to that place as long as I live." <laughs> and he was like, "All right, let's go to my office and talk about it a minute." You know, and and so we talked about it, and you know, and I shared my my frustrations. But then a three month period, me dealing with that, um, you know, and and then my. Bible school teacher trying to get me to go to another country and I'm just you know we're at a 
worshiping at a youth deal. I was a chaperone, and I'm just worshiping God. And I said, God, where do you want me to go? And he goes, I've already told you where to go, and I'm not going to speak about it anymore. And so then I decided we're going. Uh, you said, mentioned that the Bible teacher was trying to get you to go to a couple other places. Where were those at? Just at? One, one was Russia and one was Spain. Yeah, and you just did not feel the call to mm-hmm. that. I like it that God has already told you and, and made it very clear to you what's, where you're to go in that. So I'm here with my friend Kenny Carter, and we're talking about him and his wife, Christina, and their four kids and, and how they moved to Mexico 19 years ago and how God has begun or continue to use them. Now, uh, we, we've talked about how you kind of got there, some of the hardships and the things that, that you talked about early on when you went for your first visit. But now let's let's get into a little bit of what's going on now. What what are you doing uh, with the kingdom, and, and what are you doing in Mexico today so that the people can understand who Kenny Carter is and what you're up to? Well, being down there 19 years and in the beginning, you know, I was just all over the place, all over Mexico, just because I was new, trying to learn the culture, trying to learn the language, trying to just learn all that custom stuff and being in another country, getting, um, we call it acostumbrado, to to get accustomed to being in another country because you go through a culture shock. Uh, And so, you know, Brother David kept me close so he could train me and, and, and teach me and, and show me, and he would send me to established churches with established pastors that, you know, understood that I, I, you know, I didn't understand the culture, and that wasn't easily, they weren't easily offended. So, you know, I can make a boo-boo every now and then, and it, it'd be all right, because the Indians are so, you know, you just got to be really careful, you know. Uh, and so, and then after that, I moved he moved me to this, where I'm at now, the state of Puebla, uh, and we've been there a total of like 10, 11 years, something like that. Um, and so in that, you know, I have, I, I'm over 27 churches. Um, you know, I have eight, eight leaders, pastors, that between us plus my oldest son and his wife work with me, and my youngest son works with me. Uh, there and my daughter and my son-in-law work in another part of Mexico and so there in Quetzalan uh, we focus on right now in the beginning it was evangelism it was you know breaking the ground it was pioneer work it was going through all of that uh, uh, just a uh, 24-7 episode or or just you know and I I still allow myself to be available 24-7 and now it's, it's, it's shifting for more of, of discipleship. You know, I'll, I'll never shut the door on evangelism because the souls, souls are the heart of God. Uh, you, know, you know, he who wins souls is wise. And, and the heart of God is just humanity because that's who he sacrificed his life for. And so I, that's always going to be my heart. That is always going to be where I want to be. And, and, and when I see a door open, when I see an opportunity, I take it. So in that we are, we still do evangelism on the side. We do. I focus a lot right now on, on discipleship because, all right, when I can't do this no more, what do I want to leave? And I want the, I want Jesus to be there. You know, I don't. You know, I want the work to be able to continue to go, to be, to continue to thrive. 
And so in order to do that, it's discipleship. And that's just being with the brothers and let them see me suffer. Let them see me fall down on my face and say, God, I need you. I think it's important. My dad always taught me that part of being in leadership was never to ask somebody to do something that you wouldn't do with them or demonstrate for them. And I think that's really critical that we teach those things. And of course, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples mm-hmm. of them. And I think that's really important because there's a lot of people that I know who have had missionary journeys and they go out and they would have an evangelistic campaign and then they did nothing for the structure. Now, our, uh, our philosophy on that is that we get nationals to be the pastors in those environments and then we pour into the pastors, which is what I believe your model is just like mm-hmm. ours. And we pour into those pastors and allow them to pour into okay. the people which uh, in turn, uh, but t- tell me about this. I, and I know we're covering a lot of ground, but I wanted to go back. I want to revert for a second. Tell me what it was like on your very first message that you actually preached in a foreign language that you really had just scratching the surface on. <laughs> and Brother David kind of threw you yeah. into the fire, so to speak. Well, and, and I think that's necessary, you know, uh, you know, and just to add this, you know, uh, Asking Brother David, I wanted to come work with him, you know, and, and I, I told you that before. He's the only man that ever told me to imitate me as I imitate Christ, you know, because so many people shuck that responsibility because when we say that, that puts the responsibility on us. And so Brother David was just said that. And so uh, I was on break in language school uh, and I asked him if we could come down. I said, we got spring break. We'll be, gone. We'll be out for a week. Can we come down uh, and spend it? He goes, yeah, come on. So we were down, and we were in a, a village. And, man, it's probably a thousand. I don't know. It was a lot of, of people there. Uh, and, and I'm just sitting on the front row. I'm, 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 I'm uncomfortable. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. I, I can because, you know, the Indians, they're all speaking dialect. You know, and so, all right, so Spanish is not doing me any good. You know, I heard some of the missionaries talking Spanish so I could understand what they were talking about somewhat. And then I just kind of glanced over at Brother David and and he's just glaring at me. And I'm just like, oh, oh, what? And he goes, you're going to preach. And I'm just like, you know, you realize I'm only in language school and I don't know very many words. He goes, you're going to preach. I'm like, all right, I'm going to preach. And so... Uh, a missionary got up and he shared for about five minutes and he goes, all right, we got a, a new guy here. He's full of the fire, power of God, and he's going to come and he's going to bring a fire message. And he goes, and so you welcome. And he looked at me, he goes, man, what's your name? <laughs> and I'm just, uh, my name's Kenny. <laughs> and, you know, and him and brother David's like, man, you can't translate Kenny in Spanish. He goes, what's your middle name? And I'm like, man, I don't want to give my middle name. I didn't, I didn't care for it. And I said, he goes, what's your middle name? I said, it's Eugene. And they went, all right, you Eugenio. And so everybody in Mexico, I'm Eugenio to them. And so I get up, and I got this, you know, it's all going in my mind. You know, you know the Jesus is the door, and you can only go through that door and, and all that. And I get up, and I, I'm, I'm using every Spanish word I, that I ever learned, and I just really, like, botched it up. And, and I didn't know what I was saying. I was just, you know, I was going, you know, just, and it was, I was trying to piece it together just with the few words that I knew. You know, but Brother David, he was just, you know, just so uplifting. You know, is this, you know, all right, you know, you needed this to happen. 
you know, this needed, you needed to feel that. And, and he got up and, and he didn't miss a beat. He goes, man, you know, we just thank you for that message. This is what he wanted to say. This is what he meant to say, you know, and he kind of corrected it for me, you know, but didn't miss a beat. And he just went on preaching the gospel. Yeah. And you said he glared at you. I kind of know what that feels like because, uh, and he's going to be at our church in October, first weekend in October on Saturday and Sunday. I think it's the second and third. But anyway, he, he's going to be here. He's got the most intense looks about him at different times. So when he said he glared, I know exactly <laughs> that look. And it's, it's, it's intimidating, mm-hmm. really and truly. But God was with you and in you. Now, listen, we're, we're running out of time. <laughs> and, and it happens before you can realize how fast these, these programs go. So what I'm going to do in just a minute, I want you to look into your camera over here. And I want you to share anything that you want to, including salvation or if you got a word of knowledge or something like that, and pray for the people. I just want you to take liberty okay. at this point for a few minutes and just, just talk to the people from your heart and with whatever God gives you. All right. Hey, guys. The thing is, Jesus loves you, and, and you have a purpose. Don't think because of your status or where you live or your topography or geographical location. Jesus, you are born for a purpose. Your potential is limitless when, when the anointing and the Spirit of God is in you. You know, you, you, you've heard God called. You don't know what to do. You don't know the steps to the take. You know, if all that was laid out for us, we, faith would be useless to us. Okay, the more I find that I'm on my face to Jesus, the more I see the path that he wants me to take. The more I feel when I'm in his presence, you know, is when I feel that he is, he is leading me and he is guiding me. It's, hey, and look, I'll trip. I'll, I'll mess up. Well, I, that wasn't God. You know, but what's so awesome about Jesus is when it says in Proverbs, you know, though a man falls seven times, you know, he, he going to get up again. You know, don't, don't, failure is a good thing. Failure is a good thing because that's where we learn. That's where, okay, you, you're learning to hear the voice of God. You're learning to, to listen to that still small voice or an audible voice or whatever that voice might be to you. You know, listen to that. I say, and you're going to do it. You know, just rise up and take that step of faith. Okay, confront that. And I tell you, God will back you in that. You know, those that might be uh, lost and without Jesus, maybe you're right now, you're at your last. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. The only thing I see is maybe I want to end my life or maybe I want to go back into the bar rooms or whatever that might be. Listen, Jesus is with you. Jesus loves you. And and he wants to rescue you. He wants to put you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to fill you with his spirit. You know, uh, uh, the the word of God says in James, it goes, If any is sick among you, they call the elders of church, anointing with oil, and the prayer of faith will heal that person. But he goes, If there's any sin, he will also be forgiven. And I want to pray for that. I want to pray for you in that right now. You know, because, you know, there's so many doubts. There's so many, well, I just don't know. But I, I tell you, Jesus will give us clarity. And so I just want to pray right now. God, in Jesus' name, I, I thank you for all the people that are listening. I, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the mercy. I thank you that you give your undivided attention to the greatest, to the least of these. 
And Lord, I ask that, Lord, those that you are calling, those that you are speaking to, that they rise up with the spirit of boldness and courage and fulfill the calling of God that you have for them. Lord, that you give them the strength, that you give them the understanding and the wisdom, Father, to take that first step. And Lord, we know that we take that step, that you're there to back us. You're there to show us. You're there to speak to us. You're there to lead us and take us by the hand and show us, Lord. And I pray for those that might be lost that might be on their last thread of hope, Father God, that you are our living hope. It says in your word, you are a living hope, that you have given us a living a living inheritance that's uncorruptible, that's not corrupted by this life, Lord, that you've given us an eternal inheritance, and, and we can have that same, same living hope dwelling in us, Father. If there's anybody that's out there, I ask you to just open up your hearts and just say, I believe, God, I'm sorry. That was the only thing I knew how to say when God spoke to me was, God, I didn't know any kind of prayer. All I just said is, I'm sorry, God. And I felt God come in, and He's going to come into you. He's going to release you. He's going to set you free. He is going to heal you. He is going to deliver you. And He is going to raise you up to be a son and a daughter like He has called us all to be. And I thank you, Father, for the work that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed Brother Kenny Carter, and and we hope that you'll come back and see us again. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at cornerstonegm.org for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa, L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson, or you can follow our ministries at My Salt Life Church and at Cornerstone Global M. See you next week.